Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I'm Tracy Atsuka, and I want to welcome you to Episode 9 of ADHD for Smartass Women, Practical Strategies for Being on Time and Planning Better. So last week, we discovered why we struggle with time. In short, our ADHD brains prefer to live in an unconstrained flow of time where we can move smoothly from one thing to another when we feel like it. That's the natural flow for our brain. And it's primarily because, number one, we don't see or feel time, right? We cannot feel how long 15 minutes actually is. We also can't see 15 minutes, which is why we usually struggle with digital clocks because, I don't know, they're just numbers, right? I'm constantly asking my husband, okay, now what time did you say? It just doesn't stick in my brain. We're also easily distracted. We love the bright, shiny, which means that we can have the best laid plans, and sometimes they just don't happen. We will get distracted. You know what? And it's also, that distractibility is also why we are so creative. Number three, there's hyperfocus. We can't start, but when we do, we can't stop, and then we want to finish. There's also the hyperfocus, which isn't positive hyperfocus, which is more the negative hyperfocus where we, you know, get onto Facebook. There's also the negative Facebook where, you know, suddenly we're on Instagram or we're on Facebook and we look up and, well, there goes 45 minutes. Number four is we've got working memory issues. We forget what we're supposed to be working on. If I go back to the Facebook example, there are times when I'll go to open up a browser because I need to do some research and then, you know, some message will pop up. I'll get into that message and pretty soon 15 minutes have gone by and I can't even remember what I was initially working on. Finally, we've got the emotional regulation piece or dysregulation piece, you know, the sense that, well, you know what? I don't feel like doing that right now. I don't want to make that decision. Maybe tomorrow I'll feel like doing it. So let's just put it off until tomorrow. Ultimately, ADHD, it's about time management and emotion. And when we understand why we are the way we are, only then can we implement hacks to be better around time, right? So, I really thought it was important to lay out for you why we are the way we are. So what can we do about it? That's what today is about. Well, number one, we have to learn how to pause. You know, 
This is not our nature to pause. It's not how our brain works, number one. Number two, we're going to argue with ourselves and everyone else every time. We will always underestimate how much time something will actually take because we're time optimists. Pausing is not something we do. So we're going to argue and we're going to fight to not have to do more work that we don't want to do. And we're going to argue about, you know what? I've got this. I don't need that. I'll be on time. Yeah, I'll make it. Don't worry. You know, I'll be there. I can do one more thing and still be on time. Even though we know if we really sat down and paused and thought about it, we know that one more thing is going to make us late. So we need to learn how to pause to estimate, and then we need to learn how to pause and debrief. We are in our heads so much, we need to get into our bodies so that we can pay attention. And so what I've learned how to do is just sort of deconstruct. So I have 30 minutes and I think, okay, I can run that errand in 30 minutes. And then when I deconstruct it all, I realize that, well, wait a minute, it's going to take me 20 minutes to drive there. It's going to take me 10 minutes to find parking, 15 minutes to find the item, five minutes to check out. And that assumes that I don't get stuck in traffic. I don't get distracted. I don't have to stand in line. It assumes all those things. And the problem is that suddenly, When I look at, oh, I thought that would take 30 minutes, I deconstruct it and I realize, actually, if I could do that in 45 to 50 minutes, I'd be lucky. We think we can get 25 things done in an hour. And usually, sometimes we can, but usually we can't. So we have to learn how to pause, how to see the future, and how to feel the future. One of the ways that we can do this is by backward planning. So usually people start with goal setting, right? With our ADHD brains, we need to start even before that. We need to start with thinking and planning so that we can set reasonable goals. Because if we don't set reasonable goals, we're just going to set ourselves up to fail. And then we're going to think, oh my gosh, I can't ever do anything right. I can't ever be on time. And that's really not true. So if we start with visualizing the end result, because remember, in our brains, emotion is tied to motivation. So if we visualize the end result first, then we can trigger a good emotion And that good feeling is going to trigger more motivation to keep going because it makes us feel successful. And so we're going to use that positive emotion to carry us through the actual planning to get to the end result. When we start there, then we can think back and go through all the steps that are going to have to happen so that we can successfully reach our end result. It also gives us a much better sense of how time passes, how long it's going to take to get through every step. So let me give you an example. And I'm going to give you you my son as an example. So let's say that he has a paper that's due. So what he's going to do first is he's going to start with visualizing or even drawing what it will look like when he's done. Okay. And that positive emotion of going to the end and I'm done That's going to drive his motivation to figure out part two, which is what steps does he need to take to match this image that he's drawn or he's visualized in his brain. So for example, 
Those steps may include, okay, I have to make a list of topics, you know, possible topics. I need to research those topics. I need to narrow them down to maybe two or three of those topics that I could choose from. Then I need to set up a meeting with my teacher. Then I need to actually meet with my teacher. When I meet with my teacher, I'm going to choose a topic. From that topic that we decide on, I'm going to create an outline, a rough draft, a first draft. I'm going to meet again with my teacher. I mean, when you start putting it all together, you really realize there are a lot of steps that go into planning this paper. So then once you figure out the steps, then what he's going to do is he's going to figure out what materials do I need to compile in order to complete this paper? Am I going to go to online resources? Am I going to integrate some resources that my teacher might have? Is there someone that really has a lot of expertise in this area that I could personally interview? So he's going to go through and he's going to discover what materials he needs to put together in order to complete this paper. Now, normally what he would do is he just, you know, he jumped to, okay, I've got a paper due. But he wouldn't think through any part of how he's going to get it done. And he'd show up the night before. He wouldn't have the right books. He would have forgotten the assignment sheet. He hadn't spoken to his teacher. And he would totally feel like all of this is outside his control because he hadn't thought it through. He hadn't backward planned. He's just going right to, I'm turning my paper in on Friday, right? With the adrenaline and the, you know, the positive dopamine rush. But doing all this backward planning as far as these steps, that's not even enough. Once he's turned his paper in, after he's done, backward planning would require him to review what he actually did and how it went. What worked? What didn't? What should he do differently next time? What took him longer than he expected? What took him shorter than he expected? So what we are doing when we backward plan is we're teaching ourselves how to see and feel time. We start with the end result, and then we work a backwards plan. Our ADHD brains will rarely think, it's going to take a lot of time, so we better get on it now, right? We're going to jump to, it's not due for 30 days. I have plenty of time. Well, do you really have 30 days? Think about it. So you're working three days a week. Okay, suddenly you've got 12 days. Or during that period of time, that 30 days, you're also on vacation one of those weeks. Okay, now I have nine days. And then it's December, so there are two holidays in there, remember? Okay, now I have seven days. So now you basically have one week. We're not pausing to think it through. We're jumping right to, ah, look at the calendar. I have 30 days of uninterrupted time to work on it. It feels like so much time and we're wrong. If you're interested in improving your executive function skills, there are a couple of resources that I've looked at that look really good. And they've been recommended to me by ADCA, which is the ADD Coaching Academy. And I know I'm going to take one of these two programs. I just haven't decided which one, but they look really valuable. And one of them is by Mary D. Sklar. It's called Seeing My Time. The other is by Sarah Ward, who's an expert on teaching planning and all other aspects of executive function. Like, I would love to do this for myself, but I also want to do it for my son because if it's really good, then I'm going to get him to take it. And I'm going to post, um, I'll post the links to that in the show notes. So Dr. Russell Barkley, we all know who he is at this point, you know, an expert in the field of ADHD. He argues that ADHD is really... It's deficits in executive functioning. And if these are poor, then we're just going to struggle with time management. So we really need to shore that area up. 
okay, what other workarounds could we use? Well, we know that we need to discover how much time things actually take. So how can we get practical in like everyday, you know, hacks, like things that we have to get through every single day? And I want to tell you, I am not perfect at this by any stretch of the imagination, but I've really been working at it. And so I am so much better than I used to be. The first thing that I decided I had to do is I had to teach myself how to see and feel time. And so I got this clock, it's by Time Timer, and it basically helped me to actually understand how much time things take. And so it's a, um, an analog, what looks like an analog clock, and you set it for you know any time up to 60 minutes. And when you set it, it's all red. And then as time passes, the red part of the clock gets less and less until it's all gone when you know you reach the time that you've set it for. And it's surprising to me how it has really helped me to understand how much time things take. A lot of times if I'm planning to do something like I want to write an outline and I think, okay, it'll take me 20 minutes to get that done, I'll set my time timer and I can see time passing and I realize that it usually takes me a lot longer than 20 minutes to write an outline. But the more I time myself, the better I get at estimating how much time things take. So let me give you another example. And another strategy that I've employed, like getting ready for me in the morning and not being late has just been the bane of my existence. And it's a terrible way to start the day out, right? Because the minute you're late, then the rest of your day just kind of spirals down from that and it just becomes chaotic. So what I did was I estimated, how long does it take me to get from the shower to out the door? I estimated 30 minutes. I realized though I was always late right? So what I did is I broke everything down. And so for example, for the shower, I gave myself 10 minutes and then I timed myself. And it was interesting because when I timed myself, it was 10 minutes. But when I wasn't timing myself, it was 20 to 25 minutes. And so I was asking myself, okay, well, what is that about? Well, it turns out that the shower is really therapeutic, right? It's warm. It feels good. Our brains open up in the shower. We're even more creative than we normally are. You know how we've always heard that the best thoughts happen in the shower. Well, for me, the best thoughts happen in the shower or where I'm working out. And so I would get into the shower and I would get into my head and think about all these things and, you know, put all these connections, you know, all the creative stuff that we do in the shower. And I would totally lose track of time. Just the shower would totally throw my whole schedule off. So I thought, okay, how am I going to hack this? Well, there's three ways to motivate the ADHD brain, right? There's interest. And I knew that wasn't going to work because there is nothing more boring to me than getting in the shower, blow drying my hair, putting on my makeup. Like I hate it. In fact, my big hack is I don't even put my makeup on (laughs) in my bathroom anymore. If I'm going somewhere with my husband, I will bring, or my kids, I will bring my makeup in the car. And as long as I'm not driving, that's where I do my makeup. It just seems like a much better use of time. So we've got interest is the number one way to motivate the ADHD brain. And I can't do that here. Then we've got fear. Now, you know, my son, my kids, my husband, like they just don't scare me enough to make me want to be on time. The third thing though is challenge. And that's the one that I chose because I realized, you know what? I can play games with myself. 
I can beat my last time. I'm going to challenge myself because that actually motivates me. So what I did is I bought a waterproof clock and I put it in the shower. And then I bought another clock that I suctioned to my mirror in the bathroom. And so what I do in the shower is I set the timer for five minutes and I try to beat the clock. And I almost always am capable of doing it. I stop going into my mind. Now, if I don't have to be somewhere at a certain time, if it's on a weekend, of course, I don't do this. But during the week when I need to be out the door by a certain time, this is what I do. I set the timer for five minutes in the shower. I try to beat the clock. Then I set the timer for 10 minutes in my bathroom in order to get my hair dried. And I have to tell you, you know, before I was getting so distracted, I'd be listening to podcasts or audiobooks and I'd have a headset on. And so I wasn't, I just wasn't focusing on getting my hair dried. So it could take me 15 minutes to get my hair dried because I was screwing around and getting all distracted versus if I set the timer for 10 minutes, I am able to beat the clock. And then I set myself for five minutes to get dressed and I beat the clock and it totally works. It's interesting. Initially, I thought the timer only worked for one minute and 10 minute segments because it set on the timer in, um, in my bathroom on my bathroom mirror. And so what I ended up doing is I set it, I set the timer for one minute increments. And I have to tell you, if you are really distractible, that works even better because you're constantly refocusing yourself on what it is that your goal is, you know, to get your hair dried and get out of there, to get your makeup on and get out of there. Anyway, okay, so if this thought is more than you can even bear, like timing yourself on all these things, what you can do is you can estimate how much time you think it's going to take and then triple it because that is probably going to be more correct than your initial estimate. Now, this is really important. You know, all ADHD brains are wired differently. So what works for me is not necessarily going to work for you, but you can use it as a jumping off point and you can test. What I'm doing here for myself as I'm building scaffolding, I'm creating structure with timers, reminders, calendars, to-do lists, but it's my scaffolding. It's my structure. It is what I have come to realize works for my brain. You are going to have to test what works for your brain. Now, there is way too much for me to cover as far as all of these different um, hacks that you can use. So what I'm going to do is, and because, you know, I'm still working on making my systems better. So my plan here is I'm going to cover everyone that I use very quickly. And then I'm going to do a separate live video, you know, or a podcast maybe on that specific hack if it really works well. Now, I'm all about simple. What I'm constantly trying to do is I'm trying to simplify my approach down to the bare minimum because then I'm more apt to do it, right? I'm more apt to use it regularly. And I have to tell you, I am terrible at this kind of thing, this timing and planning. So I think I'm actually the best person to put this all together because if I can do it for myself and make it work, chances are you can also do it. My number one hack, I balked against the Apple Watch. But it has literally changed my life. I love it. And my goal is to do a whole podcast just on how to use the Apple Watch for ADHD. I basically use it to offload my working memory whenever I can. And I love that I can re remind myself with the push of a button anywhere that I am. 
My problem was before I'd write, you know, notes on post-its, I'd write notes in my notebook. I would tell myself, okay, you're going to remember, remember this, remember this. And then literally the minute I went to go write it into my calendar or my to-do list, there it would go. The beauty of the Apple Watch is you are always wearing it. And what I end up doing with the Apple Watch is I use alarms a lot because I can label them and I can do many of them. So for example, I can set an alarm and say, you know, I can tell my Apple Watch, set an alarm to call client X back in 15 minutes or set an alarm for 30 minutes to take out the wash. And it's always on me. And so it reminds me. I love the Apple Watch so much for managing me and my time management that I bought one for my entire family for Christmas. One of the other things that I use on my Apple Watch um, that was recommended to me by a friend is an application called Brain Toss. So when I'm out and about, if I have an idea that I want to capture and it's longer than just, you know, setting a reminder, I put Brain Toss on and with one click, what ends up happening is I have a, a microphone and so it will record me for, I think it's up to 30 seconds. I wish it went longer, but it'll record me for up to 30 seconds and then it will send directly to my email. I regularly use a family calendar, well, an electronic calendar for family events for anything that's like a weekly recurring appointment, like my son's music lessons, his work, you know, my recurring appointments, and I set timers for those for usually anywhere from five to 15 minutes in advance so I don't forget because I have known to forget. Calendars. Okay, I have tried every calendar, every to-do list known to man. And I discovered that I'm no different than a lot of ADHD people who are constantly buying calendars and planners and organizational tools, but we never use them. You know, we start using them and pretty soon I'll look at my calendar at the beginning of the year and I'm, I'm on it. You know, I'm using every day I'm using it. I'm using the to-do list function. I'm using the scheduling function. And then as the weeks go by, as I look through my calendar, you know, there's less and less days that are filled out, less and less pages that are filled out. And pretty soon I've totally forgotten I even have a calendar. The thing is though, we need a calendar. You know, if you can remember everything that's going on in your brain, then I'm sorry, you just don't have a big enough life. That said, I just struggled with the calendar aspect. I just felt like part of my life was on a calendar. Part of it was on my phone. It made me crazy. Francesca Rizzo, who's actually in our ADHD group, Facebook group, excuse me, ADHD for Smartass Women, she has a company called Simple Systems for Creative Minds. And she is one of the best people I have ever talked to about uh, the creative brain and time management. She just really has thought this through down to the nth, you know, degree. And her comment is that Regular calendars and to-do lists, they don't work for our brains. And I think she's totally right because every calendar is based on two things that we're not great at, right? They're, ba- they're, they're for the linear brain. They're based on prioritization and time management. And typically, we suck at both of those things. So her comment is that we have to use something that is simple, something that we know we are going to always use. 
You know, if we have a calendar, it's this giant book. Number one, we have to remember to take it with us, right? And it's heavy. So we don't want to put it on our bag or our our purse or whatever. So even if we do remember it, we don't want to take it, right? And then when we do have it, we have to take the time to open it up and write down the event or write down the to-do. And Fran's comment is, no, that's not going to work. What we need is something that is so simple and so easy that it's always out there on our desk or it's always out there in our bag. And literally in one second, we can pull it out and we can write down what it is that we need. So what Fran designed, and I've now been using it for 11 weeks religiously, and I love it. It's a one-page calendar and to-do list. So in the inside, you have your actual calendar. On the opposite side, one side is your main to-do list for the week. And then on the other side are your more minor kind of to-do list items, but it's more things like remember to call this person back or pick up this item at the store. So it's it's kind of a hodge, a hodgepodge, but it is one page and you can find this file. She actually shared it with us in our Facebook group. And that's what I use. I print it out in black and white every week and I use it. The the key, though, is you've got to print it out on cardstock because, of course, those of us with ADHD, many of us are all about the aesthetics. And so it can't be this crumpled up mess. It has to be, it has to look good. So we'll want to continue to use it. So there are two major things on the calendar to-do list that Fran Rizzo shared in our group. The first thing is that you do everything in pencil. Because aesthetics typically are so important to us, we have to make sure that it's always pretty. If it's all chicken scratched out, we're going to look at it. We're not going to want to use it. The second thing is we have to print it out on cardstock so that it doesn't get all crumpled and messed up. I'm not sure if I already mentioned that. And then the third thing is that We cannot have a million to-dos. So the way she set up the front page of this calendar to-do list is the front page is divided into A, B, and C. A are the items that you absolutely have to get done. B, it would be really good if you got them done. And C, you don't have to get them done, but man, if you got them done, you had a hell of a week. Okay. So the thing is, we tend to put together these giant to-do lists and then we're not successful. At the end of the week, we look through the to-do list and it looks like we've literally gotten, you know, 25% of it done. That is not motivating. That doesn't feel good. And remember, emotion for us is tied to motivation. So if we give ourselves just a few items that we have to get done and we're successful at doing them, it's going to motivate us to continue going with our organization system. Remember, we're optimists. We always think we can accomplish more than we can. So whatever your to-do list is, break it down into doable pieces. Okay, a few more things that I'm going to talk about and then that'll be it for today. Um, You can go again into our, our group I think on my page is where I'm going to be talking a lot about this as well, and that's just Tracy Otsuka. But there's some practical considerations or things that have really worked for me. My number one favorite thing for 2018, it is a game changer, is called the Datex Cube. So when I am struggling with starting, I know that this Datex Cube, and what it is, is it's a timer, but it's a cube with five minutes, 10 minutes, and 25 minutes on it. 5, 10, 20, 25, I think. 
And so what I do is I have made an agreement with myself. All I have to do is do 25 minutes. If I want to stop after 25 minutes, I can. And I know that I can do anything for 25 minutes. So if there's something I really don't want to do, I sit down at my desk and I just, I stop my brain from thinking about all the reasons why I shouldn't do this. And I just start. The deal is I'm going to give myself 25 minutes. Now, What I know about my brain and what I know about most ADHD brains is once we start, we can't stop because we're able to pop into that hyperfocus, right? Or we're able to at least start challenging ourselves by saying, okay, I just have to do 25 minutes, okay? And then once you're done with that 25 minutes, guess what? Your emotion is really good. And remember, emotion is tied to motivation. So you're willing to do another 25 minutes and another 25 minutes. I can tell you that I have played this game for myself for the better part of a year, and I have never once stopped at the first 25 minutes. Because again, once I start, I can't quit, right? I've popped into hyperfocus. Another thing that really works for me is this concept of a body double. Have someone come sit with you. They will be working on their own things. You're going to be working on your thing, but there is something about just having the presence of another human sitting there that works wonders. I kind of use the body double concept in a coffee shop. I know that if I have to write, if I have to sit at my desk and I'm all by myself, I will be looking for everything else to do but actual start writing. Versus if I sit in a coffee shop, I look around, I see everybody else working, and for some reason, it's not distracting at all. It allows me to focus. It allows me to pop into my hyperfocus. We have also discovered, again, in our Facebook group that this whole concept of body double actually works online too. So we have a body double meetup, a regular one in our Facebook group. We meet every Tuesday, so you can check that out as well. And everybody just brings something that they need to get done, and we all get on a Zoom together. So you know, there's all those little images of everybody working, but we are able to pop into our hyper-focus, get our work done. Then we take a five-minute break. Then we go back, you know, and do another 25-minute segment. And that has really been working for us. Now, ADHD, you know, those of us with ADHD, it's very common that we get into this perfectionist mode, right? We're all about perfection, or many of us are. And so we may try some of these things and say, you know what? It's not really working. It's not working all the time. Well, working half the time is better than not working all of the time, right? And so if you just continue to do it, you will get better and better at it. So let's say it works 25% of the time initially. Then it starts working 50% of the time and then 75% of the time because you start to figure out what actually works for you. I think you also have to ask yourself a deeper, more meaningful question. And that is, what kind of person do I want to be? Like if you have big goals, you're going to have to figure out what works for you to move yourself forward every single day. Time management, it requires attention and distraction management. It is a constant ongoing process of pausing, right? Of awareness, of understanding what works for you and what doesn't. And then again, of tweaking, what works and what doesn't. Every brain is wired differently, so you have to test what works for you. Sandy Maynard, she wrote a blog post on this. Um, I think it was for Attitude uh, Magazine, which I just thought was brilliant. So she was working on her master's thesis, and unfortunately, she was given only a suggested deadline, and she wasn't getting anything done. So what did Sandy do? 
She hired herself a nanny. (laughs) This is what she said. Last month, I hired someone to watch over me. That's right, a nanny. I gave her strict instructions. She was to arrive at 8 a.m., fix breakfast for me, and make sure I was at my desk by 9 o'clock. There was to be no radio, no TV, no telephone, and no email. At 10.30, I was allowed a 15-minute break to go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, and grab a carrot yogurt, or some other healthy food. At 12.15 p.m. sharp, she was to have my lunch ready. At 1.15, I had to be back at my desk where I was to work until 5. One last instruction to my nanny was for her to call me at 10 p.m. to remind me to go to bed. Just about the only thing I didn't ask her to do was to shoot me if I tried to leave my desk between breaks. I cannot tell you what a difference she made. After months of procrastination, I was now close to finishing my thesis. I've completed four drafts and I'm halfway through my final draft. I'm confident that I will finish before the current quarter is over. Taking twice as long to do my thesis as my classmates makes me feel different. But I have to remind myself that I am different. After all, who but someone with ADHD would think to hire a nanny? While writing my thesis, I started at 9 a.m. and I ended at 5, so I had time to socialize in the evening. Knowing I would quit at 5 kept me going. I would say to myself, only two more hours, only one more hour, and so on. If I hadn't committed to stopping at 5, I might have thought, I'll take a break and do something else and work on it later in the evening. This kind of thinking is dangerous for people with ADHD who are easily distracted. This really hit home to me, or for me, because I often work late at night, you know, and that's what allows me, too, to get distracted during the day. And while working on this particular podcast, I realized that I really struggle to get my A-list items started before 11 a.m. unless I'm under a deadline. If I'm under a deadline, I can get right on those those A-list items. So, you know, I was talking about our Facebook group, how we have a, a body double meetup. And I didn't want to constrain myself because I don't like a booked calendar. I don't like, you know, like a booked schedule, all those things we talked about last week. But then I thought, why not? They totally work for me. So after doing this podcast, I think what I'm going to do is I am going to set up body double meetups earlier and more often because that'll force me to sit down at my computer and just start working so that I can stop earlier in the day. Look, we have nonlinear brains, we're creatives, so we might as well get creative about time management as well. And that's what this podcast has hit home for me even more. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like what you're hearing, I would so appreciate if you would leave me a review. All you have to do, you don't even have to do a written review, just click the stars. I would love a review. If you'd like to know more about me, our patent pending cartography system, or if you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, feel free to contact me. If you go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and you click on podcast in the navigation bar, you are going to see a microphone to your right where you can leave me an audio message. It's that simple. You can also reach out to me at tracy at tracyoutsuka.com. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. 
I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.